Hello and welcome back to the Talk Podcast with your host, Bande. I'm very excited about today's episode because, yay, we have a guest. Today's episode is slightly different to the other episodes because it's based on our guest. Our guest is an artist, he's not a conventional artist like a painter, he's a 2D artist. And obviously, he will tell us in detail what it is that he does. The reason why I've invited him to this episode is because in the first two episodes of this podcast, I talked a lot about self-love, self-care and doing the things that you love. And this is somebody who loves himself and does something that he loves every day of his life. So I'm hoping that you and I can learn from his experiences or relate to some of his experiences in relation to doing what you love, like what that looks like and what it feels like. Something that I've learned from him is that as much as he is talented, talent is not enough. You have to work hard in everything you do if you are invested in something if you love something you have to work hard for it so my question to you for today you know i love questions is my question is what keeps us going what helps us reach our goals whatever they are in life what is it well for me I believe that it is discipline. I believe that it is discipline because based on my own experiences and observing other people like our guest is that discipline is what's going to help you achieve your goals because it keeps you going even when you do not have the motivation to keep going, when you're too tired, when things are bad. Discipline is what is going to keep you going. For example, you may be going through a rough patch in life, but you still know that despite what you're going through, you're still going to wake up in the morning and go to work. Yes, somebody might say motivation is what keeps you going, but I'm saying no. Motivation is not enough because motivation is fleeting. One day you have it, the next day you don't have it. So discipline is what keeps us going and motivation will always come and go along the way so before i say too much i'm gonna let our guest introduce himself and his craft in detail hello um my name is cloud i am a 2d concept artist uh, mainly focusing on character design um as a concept artist there's a lot of other fields that you could design from, which are vehicles, props, guns, and environments. But I personally love designing characters. I work for Warner Brothers. The makers are Batman, um, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, etc. Um, but I don't work for those IPs at the current moment. I work on their, in their game division, where we make video games, which is interactive design. Um, we 
concept artists are not artists in a conventional way. We are more of um, product designers. We design products. And uh, in the interactive field where you play video games, you watch films, you watch music, music videos, um, animated films, and all that kind of stuff. That's what we design. My job description is to design characters, as I've noted that I'm a character designer. I get a brief from head office, which is based in the US, as I'm a South African, I am based in SA, and they tell me what they would like to see from a character and what the players of a video game will resonate with. And my job is to visualize what they have said in text or in words. They could say it's a female character of the age of 20 to 30, and then they will tell me what the purpose of this character is. And my job is to go do research on what this kind of person is. The person could be a doctor, and my job would be to design a doctor in a game setting. Games have styles, so I have to define the style of the character as per the game that I'm working for. So you know what a doctor looks like, but we need to make it sell. We, we need to make people fall in love with the doctor that I'm designing, and that's my job, basically. Thank you. And what motivated you or inspired, inspired you to decide, okay, concept art, is the it for me that's where that's what i want to do for the rest of my life if you plan on doing it for the rest of your life so <laughs> this is an easy and a very difficult question to answer which is funny because it's the best of both worlds as one as an individual person you can't become everything in life you can't be a doctor a scientist and a teacher at the same time you can but we only have limited to living 100 years in general human terms and uh, it takes forever to study to become one thing in particular so what motivated me to become a concept artist is that I can wear well my characters for instance can become anything and everything that I can possibly imagine I don't need to be a scientist to design a scientist I don't need to be a doctor to design a doctor I don't need to be a teacher to design a doctor I don't need to be a mechanic to design a mechanic but with the knowledge I have I can design all of these things and make them what I want them to be. That's what motivated me to become a concept artist, is the fact that I am open to any subject matter and I can make it, I can insert my own views into a character that I want. If I think doctors should be a certain way, I can design doctors to be the way that I want them to be, not how they are in general terms. That's why I became a concept artist, to create my own world. Very interesting. And then for your characters, where do you draw your inspiration from? So I draw a lot of females and I would say the, the biggest inspiration point is boobies. I think every guy in the world loves boobies. <laughs> but anyways, uh, well, that's a joke. Sorry, guys. Let's uh, keep it PG-13, please. I, I think people need to understand that you need to be honest to yourself if you are going to progress in life. So boobies are my biggest inspiration. PG-13 again. Okay. Um, I love science fiction. So I think a lot of uh, inspiration I draw comes from a lot of movies, a lot of video games in, um, themselves, a lot of novels or books that I read. I love uh, Blade Runner. I love The Matrix. I've watched almost everything that has to do with space travel. I read a lot of NASA pro uh, publications and that's where I draw my inspiration. Now, when you start off, um, they 
teach you to copy other people's work because then you'll understand or you will get to see what works and what does not work. I think later down the road, maybe you have to create your own um, motivations and inspirations. Right now where I'm at, I, I think I am, uh, I, I can't say talented, I, I am good enough for me to decipher motivation from anything and everything. I could be walking and then looking at floor tiles and see a pattern on a floor tile that could inspire my next 10 characters. So what inspiration could come possibly from anything and everything given the experience that you have. And what, what is it about science that inspires you? Do you have a science background or what is it? <laughs> so I come uh, from a family of very smart people. I think I am probably the most academically challenged child in my family. <laughs> so I don't have an academic background in science or in any field, for instance, but yeah, I, I, I just love science fiction and I can't pinpoint in my 29 years of being alive where I, I fell in love with science because I went to a technical school where I was destined to be a mechanic and then I studied um, architecture at some point, which I dropped out of. And for some reason, I just resonated more with science than anything else. So I just kept on going on, out of pure love for science on my own. And uh, you say you've told us that you're 29, right? And so now my next question is, how long did it take you to get to where you are now, where you're like working for Warner Brothers? How long has your journey been? And how long did it take you to realize, okay, concept art is what I want to do? Did, did you just start off from the beginning or it's something that came at some point? in your life so unfortunately given where we are we, as in green south africa that means we have a knowledge cap you know um, and being of african descent and all that stuff where i grew up we never knew what concept art was or what it could be all we knew was you can either become a lawyer a doctor an engineer and all of that stuff because that's what we grew up understanding and that's the path I took, you know, from, a, from an early childhood. I was watching Dragon Ball Z, but I, in, in, not in the slightest sense did I know that somebody could do that as a job. It was purely just entertainment, something that you watch when you go home after school, after learning Pythagoras, whatever, you know, so you go home and you watch Dragon Ball Z just to do something different. So I never understood that it could become something that you do for a living up until I think I was 22 and Having just left multiple uh, courses, you know, uh, I did architecture for a year or two. I ended up doing IT unknowingly. I did fashion design and it just, it wasn't working for me. And along the way, then I discovered, hey, you can become a concept artist. And at that time, I, I wasn't well informed on how the internet works as well. So I couldn't go to the right place to find the right information I needed to know to, to get to where I needed to go. But a little bit of me was crunching every now and then, trying to draw, trying to understand human anatomy, um, functionality of certain things and how to create an illusion on functionality because that's what we do. And I think it took about two, three years until I bumped into a mentor who is now one of my best friends. And I showed him my work at the time and he said to me, I can't help you. 
uh, you don't think you know what you're doing. And I think I've just, he said to me, he's, he tried to help somebody before he met me and it didn't go too well. So he's not interested in helping me, but you will tell me what to do if I want to move forward. I disappeared for a year from the face of the earth. I wasn't on Facebook, I wasn't anywhere to be seen. And I took his two minute notes and I worked on them. A year later, I just can't recall the age. I went back to him and I said, remember me, you bumped into me a year ago and you told me that you can't assist me, but this is what I do now. And he said, are you fucking kidding me? Because this is PG insane. PG-13, PG-13. He said to me, this is insane. He wasn't expecting anything to come out of somebody that he spoke to for two minutes. And from that moment, he said, well, given that I want to work for it, then he can assist me going forward. And then from that point on, we just became friends. And I think I am where I am today simply because he's been a big part of my journey. There's about four of us in the group and we've always had each other's backs and taught each other what we needed to know to move forward. He's now living in Germany and I'm hoping to follow into his footsteps in a year or two. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, you said a lot of important things in relation to following your dreams or your goals in life. For example, you've had a trial and error where you've tried so many things until you got to a point where like, this is what I want to do. And for my listeners, I also want to encourage you to be more adventurous, you know? If you don't try something, then you never know that this is what I like. Yes, you might have it in your head that this is something that I like, but if you do not get up and try doing it, then you won't fully understand. You just have to throw yourself in the deep end. But the most important part that I want to take out from what you said is support. You know, having other people support you really helps you. You cannot do it alone in this world. There are so many people in this world. Yes, you might not get along with a lot of them, but the very few people that you have can help you get to where you want to be in life. He had a mentor who just sat with him for like two minutes, but that impacted and shaped his life in such a massive way. And right now he's doing so much better. And that circle has grown. He said, therefore now, and they work together to achieve their goals and all of that so that's something that i want you to take away that if you have a goal please don't do it alone search uh look for information as you mentioned that we're living in an information age there's information everywhere but also you have to learn from other people who did something that you are interested in okay so now that you've mentioned having friends and all how do you balance your work life and your social life, if there's any balance at all? I, I have zero balance in my life. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the funny part is my mentors or the people that I look up to are sort of my best friends in a way, but I am somewhat the alpha person in the group in a sense where they do what I want them to do. So my social life is dictated by what I want and they follow suit. In, in some instances, yes, they, I mean, um, we, 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 we are not the same person. We, we do different things. You know, they, they go out with other friends and they do things that normal people do, which I don't partake in. And they understand that that's not what I do. So if they need to spend time with me, 
pay me to do what I want to do. And that's how my social life has been for quite some time. Um, I'm working a lot, uh, pretty much all the time, every day, Monday to Sunday, Christmas, uh, come Good Friday, I will probably be sitting in front of my computer. So my friends know if they need to find me anywhere, they need to go where I'm working in most instances. If I'm working off of a Starbucks or Seattle Coffee or Motherland, almost all my friends will be there. And that's pretty much my, my, what my social life is. It's part of my work because everybody is exactly where I am when I need them to be. So you say that you work pretty much all the time. So what does your week look like? Like how many hours you work in a week or daily? It changes over time. Uh, when, when I was starting off, I would put in 16 hours a day of work so I can catch up with what I don't know. Because I started late in the game, you know. Um, a lot of people, I mean, if you, stay, if you live in China or in the Western world, in America, in Britain, this is not new to you. You grow up understanding that concept art is a thing. You can become an artist, so you, you don't have to work as much as we do. I mean, you do, but you only started at, you started at six or five. It, you, it's fine. We're starting at the age of t over 20. That means we need to catch up with somebody who has had 10 years ahead of us. So when I started off, I was working about 16 hours a day, trying to make up what I don't know in the smallest, smallest amount of time I have. But now, because I work full-time as a concept artist, I don't need to draw too much. I still need to, but I don't have to. But if I want to move on to the next phase of my life, that means I still need to be putting in the same amount of hours I was when I started off. Right now, I think I work about 10 hours a day on work work, and then I can squeeze in another two to three hours of personal work. Personal work is more of practice. As we all know that your job, it doesn't matter whether you're a musician, an artist, a doctor, your job will always be a job. As much as it's a hobby for me to draw, when I'm drawing for work, I am still working. So I still need to go home, spend another two to three hours doing my own personal stuff that has nothing to do with work. And uh, I would say uh, right now, because I know the amount of power I have as a self-disciplined person, I don't need to put in 20 hours a day anymore. I know what I know how to get out more in two hours than I would if I, I was spending 10 hours anyway. So I have moments where I'm working 10 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours, but I have to balance because uh, you crash every now and then. If you've been spending about 16 hours for a month, you can't do it for a full year. You have to have moments. And right now I'm in a moment where I'm a bit more relaxed and I'm thinking of starting over again with my 16 hour commitments in a month or two. So taking breaks is very important. Self-care is very important. So you say that you don't really have balance in your life. And this goes back to what I said about talent not being enough and discipline being very important in whatever you do. And obviously when you start something, it's going to be harder. You've got to put in a lot of work because you're still learning on the go but also i don't encourage you not to have balance you need to have balance because as you said you're gonna crash at some point if you don't really have balance so for yourself you said now you're you're a bit more relaxed you're not taking in 16 hours in not so much maybe you're in a two-month break so what do you what are you gonna do for fun or to take a break or to breathe what are you gonna do with the extra hours that you didn't give yourself before 
they, the extra hours that I have now are still pretty much aligned with what I do. Just because I'm not drawing does not mean that my brain is not computing what I should be drawing. I play a lot of video games, I watch a lot of Netflix, I watch a lot of uh, content on YouTube that's related to my industry. So while I'm not drawing, my brain is drawing for me just by what I am watching or what I am playing. So basically I would say my relaxing time is pretty much just for research purposes, even though I, I seem like I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, things that you do for your own health, whether it's your physical health, mental health, like any other hobbies outside of your normal or work-related hobbies. For the longest time ever, I didn't give a shit about my health, which is not a good thing. I think I'm just fortunate enough that for the first 20 years of my life, I was brought up in a family or in a surrounding where you are too physical. So my body in itself was, well, I'm saying this not from a doctor's perspective or from any research purposes. I'm just saying this because I believe it's, it's what it is. I, I think I was quite healthy given of how I was raised. So I never ever cared about to look after my health. But in the last year or so, I've joined gym and I can see the difference because for the last six years or so, while I was trying to ramp up and become a concept artist, I gave up on looking after myself. But right now, because I'm a bit stable, you know, I, I can afford what I need to without working too many hours. And I'm doing what I set out to do for a career. I am now going to the gym to exercise every now and then, I think about three times or four weeks a week just so that my health is a bit more balanced with my work. I sit down for 10 hours every day and that's not ideal if you are going to sustain a balanced life, even though my life is not that balanced. And for your mental health, what do you do? Um, yeah, that's a very difficult question because I don't see mental health as in textbook mental health. And I would say, I will thank that to my mother on how I was raised. We were raised in a very self-sustaining way where your beliefs are your beliefs and nobody will force you into anything from how we were raised. So I think from an early age, I, I was forced to become mentally strong so that I can move on to the next day. and. That's pretty much what has kept me floating for the longest time. My, I, I, I think my mental game is on point. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? Um, so you've mentioned some sacrifice you've had to make, for example, when you're still starting that your physical health wasn't really important. You sort of sacrificed that and put in a lot of hours and you, you spent a lot of hours sitting down. Along this journey to where you are now, like what are some of the other sacrifices that you've had to make? I know time, you've sacrificed a lot of your time for this. At some point you sacrificed your physical health. What are other things that you've sacrificed along this journey? Oh, pissing my mother off while I was dropping out of school multiple times. <laughs> that was, I would say that is a, one, of, one of the big uh, sacrifices that you can do as a child, you know, telling your mother that you're going to leave school because you don't think it's working out for you even though she's already spent a lot of money trying to get you to that point. I think the other thing is because um, I'm not social in a normal sense of social, I have lost some good friends along the way 
which is sometimes not cool but now like i said my mental health is on point i understand when friends leave because it's pretty much my own doing and i think for me the biggest thing would be time i've lost a lot of i wouldn't say lost it because right now i'm reaping the benefits of the time that i've sacrificed but i i didn't do what a 21 year old did i didn't do what a 25 year old did i did my own thing not that i am saying it's a bad thing but there they are a lot of things that are expected of you as a 25 year old you should, you should have achieved one two three and four and I, I don't have any of those things. I am almost 30 and in my head, I am still 15 as they come. My achievements are probably 10 year old achievements. You know, I will still go buy a TV game and be excited as they come. But yeah, I think I just never followed the normal path of being a human being. And I shouldn't be an example to anybody. You still need to be human, you know, for you to succeed in life. I, I'm just succeeding in a sense where I'm in love with myself and it works for me and I'm not trying to impress anybody even though there are requirements for you to be a member of society. Now if I walk into a building and they kick me out, I am totally fine with it because I'll just go home and draw. So I gave up the human aspect of being human from myself. Okay. Um, so in relation to what you've just said about not following sort of the normal rights of passage that everybody else is. If you could advise your 17-year-old self just out of high school, what would you say to them? You should have known everything <laughs> I know today from the early age. <laughs> well, I, I do wish I, I knew of what I am today while I was 16, then life would have been super easy. You know, perhaps maybe I would have achieved a lot more. Not that it matters really, because achievement is self-defined, right? Um, somebody could buy a car and it's an achievement to them, but my sense of achievement is very different from that. So what I would tell to a 17-year-old me is, go out, research more, and work 10 times harder than I am right now. Learn human anatomy, learn mechanics, learn science. So the funny part about being a concept artist is, we are not experts in fields, but we know almost everything and anything that you need to know in life. Um, we know medical stuff, we know science-based stuff, we know cultural stuff, we know space stuff because that's what we need to design. Mm -hmm. So I would have, I would advise my younger me to read more, to draw more, and not to give a shit more. Thank, thank you for that. So if there's anyone out there, since we're still on advice, who wants to do something that you do, whether they are young or old, what would you tell them? So, um, my mentor, Nico, that I've mentioned in here before, he had an interview a few weeks ago, and they asked him a question about becoming a concept artist. Should you go to school or should you not go to school? None of us in our group went to study what we do. And his advice was, we are not the same. People are different. Some people need more guidance. Some people are self-disciplined enough to do it on their own. So we can't say to you, don't go to school or go to school. I think you need to identify what you are. Can you study on your own? Then you'll be fine. Can you not study on your own? Then go find a, an appropriate course or school that will help you, guide you to become something tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So 
in this instance, I, I can't give advice to anybody because I'm a middle finger to the world kind of person. So whatever works for you is good for you. But becoming a concept artist is difficult. You are competing with the rest of the world. There is no industry for it in South Africa. So getting into it is twice as well, 10 times harder than it would be becoming a doctor in South Africa. And just always know that there's always a two-year-old in China who draws better than you and will always draw better than you. So you need to be able, you need to know that you'll work super hard to achieve what you want to achieve if you're going to become a content artist. I also like uh, what you're saying, which is also part of the essence of this podcast about doing what you love, loving yourself and not giving too much thought into what other people say or think about you because it's all about you. You have to know yourself, know what works for you, know what doesn't work for you and pick it from there. It doesn't matter all these voices. It's all about you. Uh, what I want to ask is about you saying that it's like you're competing with the rest of the world. Like, how do you manage that? Does it give you any anxiety knowing that, oh, I'm designing this character and it has to be on a world standard. It's not even on a national standard. It's an international standard. Like, how do you manage that? And I know you say your mental game is strong, but how do you manage all those feelings? Whether maybe sometimes you even feel inadequate at some points or you're always like, no, it's okay. So the, the thing for us or for me personally would be, I'm not competitive at all. Being an artist or being a concept artist to me has nothing to do with anybody. This begs to the point where it's all about self-love and doing what I love. Now, I know that there are hundreds of people who are better than me, but I also know the reason they are better than me is because they work their butts off, they put in more hours than I did. And if I want to be like them or better than them, all I need to do is not sleep and work harder. So they, there is space for everybody in the concept art industry. There is way too many games to be done. There is just there is content. We need to be working 24-7 if we could. And um, as much as there is, there is competition, if you are good at what you do, you will get hired. If you put in the amount of hours that are needed for you to be better, somebody else will notice it and they will give you a job based on that. So for me, I. I just, I'm just all about drawing things that make me happy. And funny enough, the competition that's out there is more of a technical aspect. Can you draw lighting perfect? Can you design mechanics perfect? And it's fine, you know. There will always be people who draw better technically than you. But are there characters from a loving place or are there a technical aspect of the design? And I think a lot of art directors, art directors are the people that hire us. They can see when a character is out of love and of a personal nature or a technical aspect of life. And they, they prefer the loved characters than the technical good characters because people don't resonate with technical stuff. They resonate with the ideas behind the, the, what, what we do, characters. So I design more for me, which is what has pushed me where I am today. Because people like, see, oh, you love sci-fi. This makes so much of sense. We should hire you. But then if I was only worried about how perfect the lighting could be, how perfect anatomy could be, 
plan, I wouldn't be breathing life into characters. I will just be making characters simply for the general audience. Yep. I like what you're saying that I that could apply in everything in life. Like life is not about perfection. Life is about sharing who you are, like revealing yourself to the world and Yes, maybe the world might not accept you, but there are all those few people who might accept you and relate to what you're saying and whatever you bring out may impact them in ways that you never thought could have. You also said something about being competitive. You said you're not competitive at all. And I think that's something that as listeners or as myself, it's something we also need to take away from this episode that life is not about competing with anyone other than yourself you know you cannot measure your own success using somebody else's standards we are different people we do things differently i can be a psychologist i can be good at working with a certain kind of patient and then my friend who's also a psychologist can be good with a certain patient we don't have to compete we just have to know our strength and our weaknesses and then for we improve in both areas whether it's a strength or weakness we still need to put in the work and work really hard to develop that so for i know as a psychologist there are character traits that are very important like empathy being a good listener and all of that for your field of work what do you think are important character traits um <laughs> So empathy is not one of them. <laughs> we don't do that in this world. <laughs> okay, so I would say if you are going to strive in this industry, just know that you are nobody. You are just part of a bigger scheme. You need to be really good at listening. You need to be really good at taking advice because you, you are not the better person. You need to be humble as they come and you need to be willing to learn from everybody and anybody. It could be a lesser experienced artist than you but they can see things in your art that need to be improved and you need to be able to take criticism because that's the biggest one. Um, as, a, as a concept artist, for one character, it, I, I can draw a hundred drawings and none of them will get approved. I don't need to go home and cry and say, okay, cool, the art director doesn't think I'm cool enough, I'm not doing a good job. All I need to know is I haven't reached the mark where the character should be. I can draw a thousand drawings and they will say none of them work, go again. But now, if you're drawing 100,000 problems, it means you're still a junior. But anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> you just need to be able to take criticism because that's the biggest one. Now, uh, I did touch on the part where as much as you don't need to be perfect, there are still rules to be followed. You need to know human anatomy. And it's the most difficult thing to understand or to fully comprehend. And people will be telling you that your hands are wrong, your feet are wrong, your nose placement is wrong, and those things head in a way if you are not mentally strong and deter a lot of people to continue in the industry but you need to know you don't know anything and you are just here to learn until the day you retire or the day you stop doing art. I like the part where you said in concept art you are nobody. I think there's something about being sort of invisible in a way that helps you get far in life because it helps, it opens you to learning, you know. 
like if you're gonna start something and you think I'm somebody I'm very great at this which means you're not gonna be able to learn and if somebody says something negative then it crushes you and it keeps it stops you from growing so as a human being you need to accept criticism it's how we grow there's no other way in whatever you do it's just that sometimes as people when we when due to circumstances that have shaped our way of thinking when somebody's giving us criticism sometimes we just make it bigger than it is because we're just maybe taking it too personally and all of that so i think um the other thing would be you need to know that you are a failure that's pretty much i think 80 percent of our job is failing mm-hmm. and 20 percent is approvals now this year alone i am expected to deliver 12 characters now you're thinking or somebody's thinking oh 12 characters okay so that means you did 12 drawings this whole year (laughs) unfortunately not it means behind these 12 approved drawings there's over a hundred thousand failed sketches Mm -hmm. failed ideas so for one character if it takes a month that means every day I'm drawing, I'm not doing the same character, I'm ideating, I'm doing variations, and it takes a lot more. In a day I can do 20 drawings, and they will tell me none of this work. So that means that day is a failure. Now, I don't need to go home and cry about it. All I need to know is, okay, cool, I failed because I did not read the brief properly, or I didn't understand what they wanted. All I need to do is go back, redraw the whole thing again. So failure is a big part of progressing and moving forward yes so if you're failing it means you are trying it means you're doing something you cannot fail if you're not putting yourself out there so failing is good because in everything we do in life we fail i mean in life itself we struggle a lot so in everything we do we struggle i mean even in school you're not gonna get 100 percent all the time even if you do get 100% at school, doesn't mean in other areas of life you're getting it 100%. Everything is trial and error. You know I like to use babies as examples. When a baby is born, the mother or the father, they don't really know what to do with the baby, but they keep trying. When the baby's crying, maybe the first day they'll give them milk. And then the baby continues crying then they know okay when the baby's crying this way it doesn't need milk it needs something else they keep trying to find what works and you only do that through trial and error okay so i know this is something that you're passionate about so how does it make you feel waking up each and every day knowing that you're gonna draw so ever so many drawings it might get approved or not like how does it make you feel waking up every day doing what you love as hard as it is how does it make you feel so um i'm open to learning every day that's pretty much what i do every day i think um waking up in the morning all i need to know or all i know is today is going to be better than yesterday i'm a problem solver my job is to solve problems um and it's exciting, you know, um, you go, you wake up in the morning, it's, it's like uh, being a doctor and you know you're going to save so many patients today, you're going to create, you're going to make an operation that you've never done before. And that's pretty much the same thing. Today I'm going to draw something that I've never drawn in my entire life. Even if I'm ideating on the same character for a week, every other day, the Thursday, the Friday and the Saturday are different because I'm solving the problems I wasn't solving on Monday. And that's just the exciting part where I could have been looking at references on Monday that 
are different from the references that I'll be looking at on Friday. And I'm excited to do that, to wake up and say, you know what, today we are going to draw something cool. And uh, at the end of the day, that might not be what happened. All I need to do is tomorrow, that cool that I couldn't reach today, I'll reach it tomorrow. And that's pretty much what I do every day. I wake up and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, knock it off the park today. So every day is a new day with its own exciting stuff ahead. So we are almost, almost done. So before you go, I want to ask, what are your future aspirations? Do you see yourself doing something different or are you just going to get better and better and better at what you do? Where do you see yourself in the future? I, I don't see myself changing course of where I'm going right now. Um, I'm just going to get better every day. You, know, you wake up, you draw. I draw better than today. Today, this morning already, I did some sketches for work and they are better than the sketches I did yesterday. Of the day before and that's what i see myself doing for the next however many years i'll still be around i just love the fact that i draw maybe at one point i will stop drawing for work if i'm successful enough and i will just draw for the love of drawing and not have to be paid for it anymore because okay right now i need to pay expenses rent and all the other expenses that come with life and that's pretty much why I do what I do, you know, that's why I have a job from Warner Brothers. My future aspiration is to get to a point where I've been paid enough not to care about the payments anymore. All I just need to wake up and draw and sleep if I have to sleep. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and I never asked you, like, when did you start drawing? Yeah, this is a bit of a contention point because, you know, when uh, somebody's pregnant, they, they say that the, you can't, can't feel the baby's kicking. I think I was scribbling in my mother's womb, so she probably just felt fingers cutting uh, whatever thing is inside there. But yeah, that's, that's what I remember, mm. or don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you for sharing part of who you are with us today. It was very inspirational and I hope you and I, by you and I, I mean myself and you as my listener, we're going to sort of take some words of wisdom from what he said. Don't take any. Uh, we're going to take some words of wisdom from what he said and hopefully we can apply some of the things he said into his life, into our lives. And then if the things that he said that you really feel like, oh, I don't want them in my life, then you don't have to apply them. But all in all, thank you everyone for tuning in and I hope you'll tune in on the next episode. Goodbye and have a nice day.